Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Talk Radio 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. So yesterday was Yom Kippur. I was off. We usually have Rich Lowry on Mondays, but I was off yesterday, and I miss Rich. He's, he's just great. So we decided to uh, call him, see if he'd be kind enough to come on today. And I've got about 10 minutes with the editor of the National Review, Political NBC, all of it, my man, Rich Lowry. Rich, good Tuesday morning. How are you, bud? Hey, same to you. You have my solemn pledge. I'll never go on with Evan and Tiki before you said. <laughs> yeah. You'll always be first. Well, I appreciate that. Me, <laughs> I, I follow the Jets about as closely as Tiki Barber, so not very closely. <laughs> right. But uh, it seems like Joe Name is a little harsh there. I mean, they knew they needed a Wilson sucked, right? And they needed a quarterback, and they went and got him, and, and he got hurt. So, you know, how can you help that? Yeah, but you got to have somebody behind Wilson. I don't know. Look, I. I think the Jet fans are so frustrated, like Beningo, like Namath. Again, no Super Bowl appearances since 1969. And, you know, you put yourself in a position. They knew Zach couldn't play. I mean, we were saying this last year, and Aaron Rodgers didn't come in in his prime. He did start the season at 39 years old. So, you know, God forbid he gets hurt, you've got exactly what you thought you'd get, which is a kid who's not ready to play in the NFL, and Jet fans are pissed. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I understand the It's enough. I mean, God, 55 years is a long time. Uh, So I was under the impression last week when the debate, you know, that debate tomorrow night, and uh, my friend Donald Trump said, hey, I'm not going to debate. I'm up by 1,000 points. I'm going to go to Detroit. I'm going to hang out with these uh, United Auto Workers because I'm afraid they're going to destroy the unions in this country. And much like East Palestine, Ohio, I'm there for the everyday guy, and it was great. It was brilliant. It really was. A, he really does care about the blue-collar Americans, and B, it was great political strategy. Then a couple of days ago, I hear, well, Joe Biden is on his way to Detroit. Now, again, I don't follow it as closely as you do. Was that not after Donald Trump said I was going? Was that always going to be the case? Yeah, Yeah, and Joe Biden walking the picket line. You know, they got to make sure no sandbags, no obstructions, no cracks in the sidewalk. (laughs) It's, uh, It's dangerous for him to walk anywhere. You know, the, the thing is, like, Trump skipped the, the first debate, and, and all the polling said, you know, voters don't like you skipping the debate. And he's gained since then, and it was because of the, the mugshot overwhelmed the debate. Uh, Nikki Haley gained a little bit, you know, but we're talking about, you know, from 5 to 9 percent or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, we'll skip the other, you know, skipping uh, tomorrow night and probably be roughly the same. You know, I don't think the debates have had any. The, the uh, debate didn't have any effect on the macro race. It had a little effect on the micro race, which is uh, the, these, the, the also-rans trading support. The debate did nothing. He went on with Tucker Carlson, and, you know, I know these numbers lie on Twitter, X, whatever it is, six million, gazillion, gazillion, gazillion. I know they lie, but uh, at the end of the day, I think it's probably safe to assume he probably got as many views with Tucker, if not more, than the whole debate. And the seven of them, now you get uh, DeSantis and Burgum and Christie. And like you said, Nikki uh, gained a little, but not enough to really take her seriously. Pence, Vivek, 
and Tim Scott tomorrow night, another complete waste of time. I mean, it's over. It is over. These people are up there. And this is why I don't get Nikki Haley. Why take shots at Trump? The, the truth is you're debating now to impress Trump. You're not impressing America. We don't care. We're voting Trump in. But if you want a job in his administration, you know, we know Chris Christie ain't, ain't going to happen for that fat bastard. But a lot of you folks up there, if you're smart, say nice things about Trump and guarantee yourself a job. Yeah, well, th- there are some people uh, doing that. That's Vivek's play. I, the, the reason why I don't totally agree with you that it's over, you know, I think it's like an 80% chance oh, it's over, or 70. Uh, 70? Iowa, New Hampshire, they could break late. But look, you know, it, Trump needs to come down a little bit. Not clear that's going to happen. And you need the the rest of the candidates to, you know, someone to consolidate. It's not clear that's going to happen. So the, the odds are very heavy that you're right. I just have, uh, I'm not quite 100% on that. I'm 101%. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Uno. He's your numero uno. So the, but the question, <laughs> no, no, 105 percent. So, but and, I, and I've been that way for months, and nothing's changed. Yeah. In fact, it's gotten uh, make me look better. But uh, but but did Biden not decide to go after Trump decided, or did Biden have that in his schedule the whole time? I'm pretty sure it was after it was after Trump. Exactly. Right, because he learned his lesson in East Palestine, Ohio, when the real American president showed up while he was taking pictures in the Rose Garden out there in uh, in Ukraine with Zelensky, not even a Rose Garden. And uh, Trump was out there with the real American. So Joe Biden basically stole Donald Trump's plan, did he not? Yeah, well, the other thing that's going on with the auto workers is they hate these electric car mandates. They you don't need as many people to make electric cars. People don't buy electric cars or, or don't want to, at least not um, no one who's not an upper income person already has two or two, you know, a couple other cars uh, and, a, and a big home with a nice garage where they can charge for nine hours, you know, to get get 100 miles or whatever it is. Um, so that's that's a that's a really potentially powerful issue for Trump in, in Michigan and the, the industrial Midwest. The, this mandate is ridiculous and it's going to hurt your interest. And that's something there's a just big overlap with that union on. You know, Mike, I just had Congressman Mike Lawler on out of Rockland County here in New York. He was terrific. And he really, he made the argument that uh, Matt Gates is a big troublemaker. Because if Kevin McCarthy comes to some type of deal to stop the government shutdown, then Matt Gates is going to say basically that he made a bad deal with the Democrats. And if he doesn't, Matt Gates is going to say this guy is inept and couldn't get a deal done. Now look at us. So, you know, when I said to him, when I watched a bunch of people on Face the Nation say this is not about Republicans versus Democrats, if the government shuts down, it's about Republicans versus Republicans, Walter said you're exactly right, and he singled out Matt Gates. What are your thoughts on Matt? I think this is exactly right. They should do what they, they did 
uh, and the debt ceiling. And that deal, you know, you look at it more closely, it, Republicans didn't get much from it. They got a little bit from it. But you got to pass your own uh, version. You know, you got to pass something, and then you negotiate from there, and it's, it's not going to be satisfactory because you don't have the Senate and you don't have the White House, but you can get something. Instead, they're making themselves look totally incompetent because of Matt Gates and others just won't vote for a Republican version of the, the, the spending bill. And then, you know, Gates will, will vote against whatever deal there is eventually or whatever McCarthy has to do to get past this point and, and then claim to be the total purist when he's been shooting at his side the whole time. So I find it pretty galling. Yeah, you know, remember Nikki Haley, that first debate came out. It kind of surprised me because she said, hey, this deficit now at $33 trillion, she goes, hey, I got news for you folks. It's not just the Democrats. It's us, too. And she went on to malign Donald Trump for his spending habits after maligning Joe Biden. I wonder how many of these folks tomorrow night are going to talk about this potential government shutdown and lay it on their own party. Do you think that'll be a big discussion tomorrow night? Yeah, I think it'll be a big discussion. I'm not sure everyone's going to go where Nikki uh, went. But, you know, I think she's right about that. I, I, and I, this is one another thing that's kind of irritating about this. Is you're, you're Matt Gates, or you're the, these backbenchers who really care about fiscal probity. That's great, you know. So do I. But you, you, your chance to really do something about it is when your party controls everything. <laughs> That's when you should be hardcore. Right. That's when you should say no. We got to do more. Doing it now, it's all, it's all just theater. You know, it's, it's all just theater and and taking shots at Kevin McCarthy. And Kevin McCarthy has his flaws. You know, he's not a great statesman. But no one else wants this job, <laughs> and, and no one's yeah. going to do it better than he has. So. It's all ridiculous. What are your thoughts on Bob Menendez? This guy has been a scumbag rich forever. 2015, he was in trouble. 2017, mm-hmm. they alleged he was having sex with underage hookers in the DR. Mm-hmm. And now 2023, he's got gold and a half a million cash. This guy's a liar. He's corrupt. He's a scumbag. How does he continue? Where's Bob Eugen? How does this guy continue to hold his job? Yeah, no. Uh, I, what, what he can hang on to, Menendez, is look. I, you know, I'm accused. I'm not. I'm not guilty yet. And who knows? He may. He may get another hung jury and, and might get off again. But that doesn't mean he's not a scumbag, right? We can all see he's a right. scumbag, whether he's guilty in the court of law or not. So, but you know, I think if there's one thing, if you're a politician, that you should have learned in the last 20 years, 10 years. No one can make you resign, really. If you don't want to resign, you don't resign. Right. This is Anthony. Anthony didn't need Anthony Weiner didn't need to resign from from Congress. No, I mean even Um, even more recently, George Santos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Look what he's doing, right? Or or Al Franken. It was ridiculous that I have no use for Al Franken. It's ridiculous he resigned. So I doubt Menendez will resign. And if Democrats want to get rid of them, they just have to primary and beat him. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let me revisit a conversation I had with the legend himself, Christopher Mandog Russo, about an hour and 20 minutes ago. Yankees will not make the postseason, mathematically eliminated this weekend. Now they're just trying to play better than 500 baseball for the year. I asked him if they should fire everybody. He said, Sid, Brian Cashman's a good GM. He's had some success. 
but 14 years without a World Series appearance since that 2009 A-Rod team won, and 25 years in all, it's enough. It's time. Does Rich Lowry agree with Chris Russo? Totally. Yeah, I would apply the Joe, Joe Namath rant to the Yankees more than the, the Jets. <laughs> Go ahead. Because this is, you know, there's bad luck. You know, he ended up trading for some guys that got hurt, and, you know, not every trade is going to work out. But this this is just a was a, a terribly constructed roster, and um, it's time for something new. You know, he, he's, he's had a good long run. It's had some amazing success, especially at the beginning, but it's, it's time for something new. But it just seems as though Hal's too attached to him to see the sense of that. And uh, do you agree, like most baseball fans do, if the GM goes, the manager goes too, so just clean house, get rid of Cashman, yeah. booing everyone? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Do it tomorrow. What a, what a depressing way to end this conversation, no? <laughs> Yankees don't make you know, the playoffs. I mean, just, uh, New York sports, the Yankees and Mets are both supposed to be good, and the Giants and Jets are both supposed to be good. Yeah, yeah. you're right, and, the, and football Maybe season's the over. Maybe the Knicks. I know, I'm, I'm, I'm already waiting on the Knicks and the Rangers. Rangers have a preseason game tonight against the Islanders. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> That's how bad it is. But if you think about the whole conversation, just think about it. Yankees don't make the playoffs. Government is about to shut down. Bob Menendez is one of the biggest scumbags in political history. This is our conversation this morning, which isn't yeah, that great? And Eric Adams. Eric Adams <laughs> says the city's being destroyed by uh, migrants. Well, tell me, well, tell me about <laughs> that. What, what, great. Now, where do you stand uh, on that? Because a lot of folks, while they go to Biden right away because of his border policy, obviously, they have no issue, no issue attacking the governor and the mayor. Now, just so you know, in complete transparency, I had a couple of conversations with the mayor this weekend. He will return to this show probably Thursday. And he told me what he told the public. He said, Sid, I got to tell you, I'm doing a great job. That's what he said to me. Your thoughts? Well, I mean, what else is he going to say? I have to say, New York, you know, when, when those um, migrants spilled over on what was it? Fifth Avenue or something. It was a scandal, you know, and, and Adams took care of it. And it's good that the, the city still has that much self-respect. But at the end of the day, this isn't his fault, right? It, it isn't Kathy Hochul's fault. It's Joe Biden's fault. It's his fault. And if he won't solve the problem and reinstitute some of those Trump border measures, this is just what it's going to be. And I would have thought it was unsustainable six months in, a year in, two years in, I guess he's just going to go through the entire election, assuming he's a nominee, without ever fixing it and try try to weather it. it well, just to play insane. devil's advocate, you say it's not Kathy or Eric's fault, and I'm going to tell her this right to his face on the air, and he may not like it. It is his fault because way back when, when this thing started, he was all too welcoming. He was there to greet them coming off the buses. He was like, hey, we're a sanctuary city. Come one, mm -hmm. come all. Now he's trying to tell us, I could never have imagined this, but – how could you not, knowing the border's been wide open since Biden took over, knowing Biden never took it seriously from day one with Kamala Harris? So I do place blame on the mayor for this mess because as angry as he is now, I saw it coming from a mile away. Yeah, yeah, I would say I, I should underline ultimate blame goes to, to Biden. But Fine. sure, yeah, the sanctuary Fine. city stuff was, was ridiculous, you know, um, and, and this just goes to the cost of, of illegal immigration. You're ha you have a city of 8 million people that's supposedly going to be destroyed by 100,000 migrants showing up. Right? They're expensive. <laughs> they're difficult to deal with. They don't know the language. They they're, uh, have no connection to the society. And all that's really bad, you know, and a real burden. But they should have realized that long ago. What do you think of Kristen Walker? Um, I I didn't like the, the Trump interview so much. Was, Either did uh, I. Yeah. Did you yeah, watch? I, I watched. Did you watch Sunday? I did. I thought it was. I think she's uh, very robotic, very 
you know, pretty predictable, very, very liberal, progressive, democratic uh, roundtable she's got, which Chuck had most of the time, too. But I don't see much of a difference, I guess, is my point. Yeah, I, I missed it. I missed it on Sunday. I have to say the Trump interview, the, the best Trump interview we, we've seen, well, Brett Baer did a pretty good job, but Megyn Kelly, I thought, did a great job. She Just did. Challenged him, challenged him on some stuff, made some news, but also will let him talk, you know, and won't badger him. Um, didn't badger him. And, and it's diff- you know, obviously he's, he's the most difficult, as Bill O'Reilly said, the most difficult interviewee in the world. Um, so it takes a lot of preparation yeah. and, and thought to, to get a good interview out of him. Uh, or she not was a, great. An interview where he doesn't steamroller. Right. No, she was great. Yeah. She's like, uh, he's like, you know, that was a very nasty question. And she goes, no, it was a great question. He's like, <laughs> he's like, no, it was a nasty. He goes, no, no, it was great. And she kept saying it was great. <laughs> We're going to play that when we get back. Uh, you are great. You're always great. Thank you All for right, coming in on a Tuesday. Thank you, Rich. Talk soon. You the man. Now, now I'm over to Evan and Tiki. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. Rich Lowry, everybody, the right. editor of the National Review, usually here 740 on Mondays, but he comes in on a Tuesday at 840 and kicks some major ass. 